From Bloomington, Indiana, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio, sponsored by Medicare for All Indiana Bloomington. I'm Karen Greenstone, along with Dr. Rob Stone. Hello. Today, we'll be talking with Dr. Sinha, who goes by AJ and uses he and him pronouns. He's a nephrologist on the faculty of Indiana University School of Medicine and works primarily at the Raudabush VA Medical Center in Indianapolis. He's active with a number of health justice projects, including Medicare for All Indianapolis, Circle City Mutual Aid, Good Trouble Coalition, and Indiana Insulin for All. Dr. A.J. Sinha, welcome to Prescription for Healthcare, and thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really pleased to be able to talk to you folks and hopefully reach a wider audience. Oh, and I should add the uh, obligatory disclaimer that I'm speaking for myself and not my employer. So you are active with many important groups in Indianapolis. Some are known to our listeners at Prescription for Healthcare, specifically Medicare for All Indianapolis, and some may be unknown to our listeners. Will you please talk about Circle City Mutual Aid, the Good Trouble Coalition, and Indiana Insulin for All? Uh, I'd be very happy to talk about all those organizations, starting with Circle City Mutual Aid. This is a group of folks here in Indianapolis that got together shortly after the uprisings in 2020, and we support the activities of Food Not Bombs Indianapolis. They're a group that shares food every week downtown in Indianapolis, largely with unhoused or housing precarious folks. Circle City Mutual Aid initially existed to have some healthcare providers and also just community members show up to share other survival and hygiene products for these folks. So these are things like toilet paper and clean socks and looking at wounds and other hygiene supplies like toothbrushes, toothpaste, shaving kits, these sorts of things. Over time, we got more organized and now have a tax ID number <laughs> and ways to solicit donations. And we've grown. And it's been a really, really great experience to see this group grow and get more organized and really be able to help folks in a more organized fashion. So that's Circle City Mutual Aid. You asked about Insulin for All Indiana. This is the Indiana chapter of T1 International, which is a group started by folks that have type 1 diabetes. So these are people that need insulin to live. They don't have insulin. After a few days, they can get horribly ill and die. It's an international group started by a woman that is from the United States. This group is unique because there are lots of other diabetes patients groups. They all accept money from pharmaceutical companies. All the ones you've heard of, JDRF, that's Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation, the American Diabetes Association, all of these accept pharma money. And that influences activists like me. And I think T1 International would say that the pharmaceutical money influences the opinions and public statements of these other groups. Indianapolis is important when it comes to insulin access because of the three major manufacturers in the world that make insulin. Only one is headquartered in the United States. That would be Eli Lilly and Company. And they're headquartered here in Indianapolis, not far from where I'm sitting right now. And actually, it was the insulin that really made Lilly the highly profitable multinational corporation that they are now. T1 International has had semi-yearly vigils and meetups in downtown Indianapolis in front of Lilly over the price of insulin. This has been disrupted with the pandemic. Indiana Insulin for All is the, the Indiana 
branch or chapter of T1 International, but their, their work's very important. And clearly they've had a lot of influence, made a real difference because of the federal legislation that hasn't gone as far as I would want or T1 International or any uh, insulin for all would want, but has still reduced the cost of insulin for some people in the United States. So that's any insulin for all and T1 International. And then we'll talk about Good Trouble Coalition. So Good Trouble Coalition is a group of largely healthcare providers, though not only, and of those healthcare providers, largely physicians, again, th though not only physicians, that started up to get healthcare providers and healthcare workers more involved in public policy on issues of public health and healthcare in general. My friend and colleague, Gabriel Boslett, he's a physician in critical care and pulmonologist just here on the faculty at Indiana University here in Indianapolis. He had his eyes open to the sort of dysfunction or disconnection at the state legislature when it comes to public health and healthcare matters during the pandemic. And because of that, he wanted to get other health workers involved in trying to do something about it. And Good Trouble Coalition is what's come of that. Some, one of the founding board members, and there are others on the board as well. I guess we're all from Indianapolis, but anyone is welcome to take part. What's good trouble done? We've raised money and bought op-eds asking the legislature not to ban abortion, which unfortunately they end up doing. We encourage and uh, guide our members to testify in front of the legislature on matters that we feel are important to good trouble pertaining to public health and healthcare, uh, physician-patient relationships, these sorts of things. There's been a lot of interest, and I'm really heartened by it because it's really activated many folks in Indiana, health workers in general in Indiana, because I think they're can be a feeling that things are awfully dark and going the wrong direction, especially with the banning of abortion, but there are things that could be done. And so stepping up your activity level is important. However small that is, that increase in activity level and taking part with good trouble is one way that people can get more active. So you've been involved with Hoosier Action with the unwinding of Medicaid enrollment since the end of the federal COVID emergency when thousands of Hoosiers have been disenrolled from the program. Will you please update us on where we are in Indiana for Medicaid patients? That's a very good question. So Hoosier Action is the grassroots group that's really leading the way. My work is in support of them. Unwinding here in Indiana is really kicking people off of Medicaid after the public health emergency was ended for COVID. During COVID, during the public health emergency, there were a lot of things the government did that supported normal folks. So there were moratoria on evictions. There was unemployment insurance expansion. One big one was uh, the yearly requirement that patients on Medicaid, which is single-payer health insurance for the poor in the United States, the yearly requirement that people be evaluated for eligibility was, was put on pause. So people could be enrolled in Medicaid and they wouldn't be kicked off every uh, year. They didn't have to prove that they deserved it. Medicaid enrollments expanded dramatically, the highest it's ever been. In fact, the Biden administration has tooted their own horn, saying that we have the highest health insurance rates in the history since we've been recording this, so the lowest uninsurance rate. Uh, and that's in large part due to the Medicaid expansion. And 
the generous expansion that didn't make people prove uh, that they had to stay on Medicaid. Uh, they said the public health emergency is over. The federal government, which jointly administers Medicaid with the states, said that, okay, states, you can start redetermining whether people are eligible and kick people off. And since the states do the lion's share of the day-to-day -day management of Medicaid, many states have been kicking people off at a very high rate. Indiana is one of them. Indiana started their redeterminations, I think, in May. And it's been over 100,000 people have lost their Medicaid in Indiana. And the majority of that, somewhere around 80%, have been for quote-unquote procedural reasons, which means that the people that were that lost their Medicaid, their health insurance, they lost their health insurance, uh, wasn't because they weren't eligible, it's because there was a paperwork reason. They maybe didn't respond fast enough when they got a query from the government, or they didn't respond at all because a letter was sent to the wrong location and they have since moved. Or maybe they did respond, but they didn't have all the paperwork required. So these are procedural disenrollments. And like I said, just over a matter of a few months, over 100,000 people have lost their Medicaid and have been disenrolled, the majority for procedural, i.e. paperwork reasons. And a significant proportion of these are children. That's a little harder number to nail down, but it's around one third. So that's a major loss of health insurance. And now many of these people are still eligible and they can still get back on a Medicaid in Indiana and get some health insurance, or maybe they're eligible for one of the Obamacare, the ACA plans. So it doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be without health insurance, say, for the next year, although it may. <laughs> but also it's a major disruption for people too, right? As you can imagine that having your Medicaid, you're getting your meds, like the simple stuff, your medicines for blood pressure or uh, insulin, of course, for type 1 diabetes or, or type 2 diabetes, actually, or your inhalers for asthma. And you go to fill your meds and you find out, oh my gosh, it says that I don't have my Medicare anymore. Medicare Major Action has been working on this very hard. Activists here in Indiana and across the country have said this is going to be a real disaster when it happens. We are a so-called red state with a GOP supermajority in the legislature and they control statewide offices. And unfortunately, Medicaid's never been something that the GOP has, has cherished. They just often view it as a cost and not a benefit to people. Medicaid's funding is always in jeopardy. To bring Medicaid around to Medicare for all, big picture, defending Medicaid is very important. This concludes part one of our interview with Dr. A.J. Sinha. Part two will air on Thursday, October 12th on Prescription for Healthcare. We'd like to invite the community to hear Dr. Rob Stone present his talk on Medicare for All at the Enright Center East at College Mall in Bloomington on Thursday, September 21st at 1.30 p.m. This is Karen Greenstone and Dr. Rob Stone for Prescription for Healthcare on WFHB Community Radio in Bloomington, Indiana. To your good health, everyone, please stay safe and thank you for listening. We may never see this moment, a place and time.